We are in Ksubis Chof Aleph Umebez 21b1 in the Archical Gemara as we continue on in our discussion of different cases of Kiyam Shtaros, of proving the authenticity of a star, of a document. And so the Gemara says, Amr of Safra, Amr Rabbi Abba, Amr of Yitzchak, Bar Shmuel, Bar Marsa, Amr of Huna. So Rav Huna said, different rabbis from the times of the Gemara said in the name of Rav Huna, or some say, Rav Huna himself said in the name of Rav. The following case, You have three judges who are sitting down to certify a document, to do kiyam ishtaros, to prove the authenticity of a document. So what's the case? Two out of the three judges recognize themselves the signatures of the witnesses. They recognize the signatures, so you don't need any testimony, you don't need witnesses. Two out of the three recognize it. The third one does not recognize it. So, the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara has, is going to explain the statement and uh, what the law is at first, one way. Then the Gemara will have a question on this and then explain it a different way. So let's see what the law is the first way and then there will be a slight change to read it a second way. So the Gemara says as follows. If the two judges did not sign yet, the two judges who recognized the signatures of the witnesses of the document, did not sign yet. So then, uh, what they should do is, is that these two judges should now act as witnesses, testify in front of the third one, and then they're acting as, Adem, as witnesses to the third judge. They're acting as witnesses to the third judge. And then all three of them could sign. The first two judges could sign because they knew the signatures. The third judge could sign because the two judges now act as witnesses and testify in front of the third. That is what the law is. We're going to do much analysis on this, but that's what it says at first. However, if the two judges already signed, so then in they are not allowed to testify in front of the third judge if they have already signed. If they already signed... Uh, they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to testify in front of the third one. The reason for this is because, uh, they are now no Bedavar. They have an incentive to testify and to testify perhaps even falsely because the document that they're signing, the document of the court says this court, and the court is a court of three, um, is, uh, here to state that the original document was authentic. Now, if the two out of the three already signed, so they have, they they want the third judge to then also sign. Otherwise, it's viewed as them signing falsely. They need all three judges to sign, uh, and say that this is an authentic document. Otherwise, it looks uh, it's a big problem. It looks it looks bad for these judges to sign two out of the three of them to sign. The third one doesn't sign. It, it's not a real court, uh, and then they're signing falsely. So they have a, a strong incentive once they sign to then testify in front of the third, so that the third one then signs. So then, that's, uh, that's a real concern. Maybe they're just testifying so that uh, they, uh, they they don't lose their reputation of signing on documents, on court documents, before everything is accurate. The document itself says that all three of us, all three signatures, all three judges, approve the authenticity of the signatures, but it's not really true. So they're going to have a, an incentive to make sure that the third one does sign. Okay, that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says they distinguish whether or not they're allowed to testify, whether it's 
uh, before or after they sign their names on this henpick, on this uh, court document. So the Gemara questions, it says, slow down, what do you mean? Are you even allowed to write this document if the three of them have not yet uh, verified the signatures? Could you even write the document, just a, a court document that says that the, the three people signed below, without any signatures, the three people signed below verified the authenticity of this document because they know the signatures. Are they allowed to write such a document? Even without the signatures, are they allowed to write such a document if all three don't know? Maybe you can only write it once we know that all three judges know and, and could verify the signatures. Umi kasvina, do we even write it? Va'amara papi mishmei rava. Rava says, hayashartu didainei. This uh, court certificate, the Nechla Mikmei, that was written before Mikmei Denil Chavi Sahadi Achasim Zedayu, if it was written before the witnesses testify, so then Psula, to Mishazi Geshikra, it's a false document. For them to write this document, not just to sign, but just to write the document before the witnesses testify, that makes it viewed as a false document. It looks like that they're lying, because how could you write the document before the witnesses actually testify? So, so to over here, when it comes to the two judges, the two judges who recognize the signatures, they also cannot write the document. Forget about them signing the document. They cannot write the document until the third one also knows about it, until the third one could also verify the uh, the signatures. So it can't be that it's uh, once they sign the document, even if they, even if they uh, wrote the document but they didn't sign it, that itself should be viewed as a false document. You cannot do that. Papa here is telling you, you cannot do that. You cannot write the document before it is signed. This itself is uh, its an interesting idea that apparently you cannot have the form of a document even without any signatures. Just the form itself of the document uh, questions the, um, the truth and the authenticity of that document. It looks like it's false. Even though today we seemingly have all the time we have documents with, with just the form of the document and all you need are the signatures... But apparently in the times of the Gemara, and maybe they would agree with even to today, you shouldn't do such a thing, that uh, it looks like it's something which is false, to have just the form without, just the form itself, without knowing uh, the proof yet, before uh, before the proof is, uh, before they could before they could sign and say that they, they're testifying about this, uh, you cannot even write the document itself. So the Gemara revises, the Gemara revises and they change it. Ela ema, so it's very similar, but with a slight change. If we have these three judges, two of the three know and recognize the signatures. So if they have not yet written the certification yet, so then two of the judges should testify in front of the third, and then all three of them could then write it and sign it. However, if they've already written the certificate, so then the two judges cannot testify in front of the third. They're not allowed to. Why? Because they are no gabadavar. They have an incentive to make sure that the third one signs because they already wrote the document. The document was already written. You weren't allowed to do that um, before everybody knew about it. So they want to make sure the third one knows about it so that they can then quickly go ahead and sign. They are no gabadavar. They're not allowed to testify. Either way, the point is, is really the main focus should really be on the first half. The first half says that if they deny it, write the document, then these judges, two out of the three judges, again, the cases where two out of the three judges um, know and recognize the signature. So what do you do then? So then they testify in front of the third. Fascinating idea. This means the judges could then become witnesses and then judges again. So the Gemara says, moving on to the 
middle of Chafal from a base, 21b2, the Gemara says, Shema Minatlas, we learn from here three different laws. Three different laws come out of this one statement. Shema Minatlasadai. Number one is that a judge could be a witness, a witness can be a judge, it works vice versa, that you're allowed to be a judge. We will see that this is in fact not so simple. This isn't so simple. We will see that um, this only applies to Kim Staros, which is only a rabbinic law. But uh, in general, we would say, that a witness who is testifying uh, cannot become a judge. Um, it's only over here where a witness could in fact be a judge. It is interesting here is that when these two judges become witnesses, they're testifying in front of one. They're testifying in front of one judge. Now, that's a little strange. Usually, in order for them to testify, they need to testify in front of three judges. So how can they testify in front of one judge? So there are different explanations that are given by the different uh, commentators. One explanation is that, yeah, sometimes you could have a court of one. It's rare. But if you have somebody who's very wise, you could have a court of one. It is possible, and they're testifying, and they could have testimony in front of one. Alternatively, others explain, perhaps even a, a bigger chedesh, a bigger... Uh, novel idea, which is that when they're testifying, not only are they acting as witnesses now, but they're acting as both witnesses and they are listening to their own testimony. They're acting as both witnesses and judges at the very same time. So you do have three judges here. It just happens to be that two out of the three judges are also acting as witnesses at the very same time, but they are testifying in front of themselves. So you do have three judges. It's just the witnesses are themselves judges, which is a fascinating idea. So you end up having three. Either way you go, the point of the Gemara is that at least when it comes to rabbinic law, a witness can become a judge, and vice versa. You're allowed to, be, you're allowed to become a judge. The second thing we learn, and we're going to see that we might have questions on the second and third one, although most commentators seem to say that even though we have questions, we do follow um, these rules, the rules, the next two rules that we're about to mention. If judges recognize the signatures, we don't need other people to testify in front of them. They recognize the signatures themselves, they're good to go. That's proof number two. That's uh, uh, that's something that we learn from from this story, the second thing we learn from. The third thing is, For the other judges, for the third judge who does not recognize the signature, so then witnesses have to testify in front of each and every one of them. Whoever cannot recognize the signature, you have to testify in front of all of them. It's not enough that two other judges recognize the signatures. You need to have testimony in front of all three. Okay, three things that we learn from this one story. Number one is that a witness can become a judge, at least when it comes to these rabbinic laws, as we will see soon. Number two is that if a judge recognizes signatures, you don't need to testify in front of them. And number three is that if a judge does not recognize the testimony, no matter how many judges there are, they need a, you need testimony in front of them. It's not enough for just two out of the three judges to recognize the signatures. All three judges need to recognize the signature. So comes along Ravashi now and says as follows. Maskala Ravashi. Ravashi says, The first law that you derived from this case, you're right. The fact that we could prove that a witness could become a judge, you're 100% right. But the, the second thing you proved, that which is that uh, the judges who recognize the signatures that you don't need to testify in front of them, maybe really you do have to testify in front of them. Maybe if all three, meaning if all three judges were to recognize the signatures, maybe you still need to testify in front of them. 
But here it's different because you already had some form of testimony in front of the three, in front of the third, sorry. Uh, because somebody testified in front of the third, so that fulfills what's necessary. Apparently, just apparently what comes out of this is that there's a rule that requires witnesses to uh, speak it out. They have to verbalize their testimony in front of court. So the point is, you might have thought that if all three judges knew the signatures, you might need to, might not need to verbalize it. Maybe I'll say, Ravashi asks, maybe I'll say differently, maybe no. If all three if all three know the signatures, you need to have some sort of testimony. It requires using words to testify. It cannot just be in thought. You actually have to testify. So maybe we can't bring a proof. The Gemara is not going to reject this. This is just Ravashi making such a claim. Uh, but it could be that we reject Ravashi. It could be that, no, that uh, we could still prove that you don't have to say anything. But Ravashi is suggesting that, no, you in every case, you at least have to say something to somebody. Maybe not to everybody, but there has to be some words being used. Witnesses have to express their ideas and their testimony into words. That's what Ravashi asks. It could be that we disagree with Ravashi, but that's what Ravashi asks. And also, the third case, that uh, judges who do not recognize the signature, so then you have to testify in front of them. So the Ravashi again says, No, Ravashi says, Maybe, let's say we had a case where all three judges didn't know the signature. And then you had um, two witnesses then testify in front of two out of the judges. Uh, maybe, asks Ravashi, maybe that third judge who wasn't present does not need to have witnesses testify in front of them. Uh, but the point is that over here we do, because we need to have some form, going back to what he said earlier, we need to have some form of actual testimony, using words to testify. So that's why you have to do it in front of the third. But if it wasn't for that, so then if you don't need just some sort of testimony, maybe the uh, two judges would suffice and all three of them could sign based on the knowledge of the two. Maybe you don't need knowledge of the three, um, asks Rav Ashi. This is Rav Ashi's question. And maybe the only reason why they testified here was because you need to have used words. Again, we probably reject Rav Ashi. And we probably hold that no, all three need to know and recognize the signatures. It does not suffice to have two out of the three recognize the signatures. You need all three to recognize the signatures. Okay. So in the end of the day, we have these three different laws that come out of this case. Again, one is that a witness could become a judge. Number two is that if you recognize the signatures, you don't need to be. We do. We do not require testimony in front of you. Meaning, let's say if all three judges recognize the signatures, there doesn't require any testimony. They could just go ahead and sign a henpick, sign a court document that says that we verify the signatures. And number three is that if some of the judges do not recognize the signatures, so then you have to you have to testify in front of them. It does not suffice for two out of the three to recognize the signatures. All three witnesses, all three judges require, we require them to uh, recognize the signatures. It could be through other witnesses, but they have to be able to recognize the signatures. Going back, we have a few more lines of the Gemara. The Gemara will just focus on the first, uh, the first law that's derived from this. Aid and Nasadayim, that a witness can become a judge. So as we pointed out, the Gemara is going to get to this in a minute, but it only applies to rabbinic law. It does not apply to biblical law. Additionally, Tosos, the classic commentator Tosos points out that when it doesn't apply in biblical law, it means that a witness who testifies in court 
cannot then become a judge. However, if they witnessed just the action itself, but they never testified in court, so then they could be a judge. Except, except when it comes to Dinei Nefashis, when it comes to capital punishment and capital crimes, uh, in such a court, we do not even allow a witness who, who saw it to then be one of the judges. Because if they saw it, so then it's very, more, it's much more difficult for them to judge in favor of um, of the one who's being accused. Uh, and we need to create a situation where they have the ability to defend themselves. And in such a scenario, they won't be able to defend themselves if they actually witnessed uh, the crime itself. If they know that they witnessed the crime itself, so it'll be much more difficult for them to uh, to act as judges without being biased. Okay, those are three different cases. Either way, the Gemara now is going to focus on this concept of Eid Nasadayim, that a witness can act as a judge. And so the Gemara says, this is on the second column now of 21b2, Yasser Rabbi Abba Kamilala Hashmaisa did Nasadayim, Rabbi Abba taught this law, this ruling, that a witness could be a judge. Asavir of Safra Rabbi Abba. Safra asked Rabbi Abba, what are you talking about? We have the following Mishnah. In the tractate, Mesechus Rosh Hashanah, which says as follows, Ra'ua Shlosha, if three people saw the moon. They saw the new moon. This has to do with uh, determining the new moon for the next month, when we should have the next month. So you need a court for that. Vehem Bezin, there, there you have a court of three that saw it. So what do you have to do? Yam Dushnai v'yoshivu mechavrein etzal yachet. Two out of the three, uh, it happens to be the Gemara explains that they saw this at night. Since they saw it at night, they're not allowed to just uh, prove that it's uh, the new month. Because they saw it at night. At night, you're not allowed to testify. You're, you're disqualified from testimony. So what do you have to do? You have to have two out of those three testify now during the day because the testimony at night didn't work. So they testify during the day. So they testify in front of the one. However, it doesn't say you testify in front of the one and then you're good to go. No, they have to have two others come and act as judges, meaning the two judges who now become witnesses are disqualified from becoming judges. They're now witnesses. They're defined as witnesses. This concept of Eid Nasadain or Ain Eid Nasadain, that a witness cannot act as a judge, Tosas explains, gives different reasons for this, but one reason is because there's different roles that you play in court. You're either a witness or you're a judge. You're not both. You can't be both. So the here too, it seems from this Mishnah that when they uh, are testifying about the new month and the new moon, so once they act as witnesses and they testify, they cannot act as judges. And that the one who is with them has to pull a, pull a, pull to him, bring to him two other people. It cannot be the witnesses themselves. And then the witnesses, they say that the month is sanctified. Or sorry, the, the, um, the uh, court says that. Uh, because you cannot have one individual by themselves do this. You need to do this with three. This is, asks the Gemara, Why do you need two other people to come and sit with the third judge? You have two witnesses here who could become judges. The witnesses themselves, they know what happened. They know exactly what happened. So let them sit with the third one. If we hold witnesses, could become judges. So it seems to me that we see from here that witnesses cannot become judges. So answers the Gemara. We're now in 21b3. They asked, all of them had this question, they asked their rabbi and their rabbi and their rabbi until it got to Rav. When it comes to sanctifying the new moon and the new month, that is a biblical law. On the biblical level, if you testify, 
you cannot become a judge. And so that's why we added two more to the table to act as judges. However, when it comes to Kim Shtaris, when it comes to certifying the authenticity of a document, that's a rabbinic ruling, and then we could be lenient and say Eid Nasadain, that a witness could act as a judge in that case. And so this is the Gemara that proves the idea that we only say Eid Nasadain, that a witness could act as a judge on a, for rabbinic law. But when it comes to biblical law, for Yudhuraisas, Ain Eid Nasadain, a witness cannot act as a judge. Okay, we'll continue with a few more lines of the Gemara of Kim Shtaros, of laws of uh, uh, proving the authenticity of a document in the next Gemara, in the next class.